So that is basically the rundown of the whole Jesus taking our sins for us because we couldn't do it on our on our own. On our own because even with the animal sacrifices, they did not please God. And in first John you're about to say. Yeah, in first John, John when he sees Jesus coming, first John Behold the Lamb of God exactly. who takes away the sin of the, the, sin world. Of the world. First John 1.29, the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mm -hmm. This is the Lamb of God. This is not the Lamb that man has made. This is not the sacrifice that man has come up with. Mm -hmm. This is the Lamb, the final Sacrifice, mm -hmm. the one true sacrifice yep. that God has provided. And, you know, that question right there, how did Jesus' death take away the sins? Really, when it comes right down to it, that's what the whole Bible mm -hmm. is talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, there are like branch questions that that happen a lot with this statement. It's like, okay, how do you get to righteousness? and and what about the people before that? Well, it says in Romans, one of pretty much the best book in the Bible. <laughs> I love Romans. It's such a good book. It's a great book in the Bible. So in Romans 4, it talks about Abraham, who was justified by faith. And it says, however, to the man who does not work but trust God who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited, is credited as righteousness. De David says the same thing when he spoke to the bl blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are the who, who's, <laughs> whose transgressions are forgiven whose sins are covered, blessed is the man whose sin in the Lord will never count against him. And as far as righteousness through faith goes, in Romans 3.23, it says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ and, present, and God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood he did this to demonstrate his justice because of his forbearance. He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just and to and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that sums it all up. People who had faith in God, trusted in his plan beforehand, even if they didn't know Jesus. And we just explained the righteousness after Jesus. So that covers most of the bases. <laughs> yeah, it does. But if you look at the book of Acts, I mean, God, Jesus, and you look at the book of Acts and you look at Jesus's commission, he told the disciples to go into all the world mm -hmm. and preach the gospel. Which explains why we can't just keep it to ourselves. We cannot keep religion to ourselves. We are literally ordered to go out and tell people. So you can't say that because that's against our religion. 
And in the book of Acts, when, well, there's several times when Paul talks to people that have a different religion in one, mm-hmm. in one place. The Greeks. Well, he, yeah, he talks to the Greeks and he's in another place. He's talking to, forget which city he was in. I wish I could find it real quick, but he and Barnabas were talking and the people saw the miracles that Barnabas and Paul did. That was in Athens. And the no, that wasn't Athens. Are you sure it no, wasn't Athens? Positive. I'm pretty sure it was in Athens. I'm positive that wasn't Athens. They started trying to worship them. Exactly. That was Athens. They started to bring sacrifice. No, it wasn't. No. No, it was I, Athens. I was about to read what was in Athens. I found it wasn't Athens. It was someplace in Greece. It wasn't Athens though. It was someplace in Greece because they okay. said like Zeus came down in yeah. human form. Yeah. Well, Zeus was worshipped in a lot of different places. Okay. Not just not just Athens. You sure it wasn't Athens? Um, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Pretty sure. But um, the uh, they came and they worship in there. Mm-hmm. And Paul and the, Paul and Barnabas. Was it Paul? Was it Luke? Was it Paul and Luke? No, it was Barnabas. Yeah, I guess it was Barnabas. But they said, uh, you know. God wants you to put away these things. So you don't need to do these things. And here in Athens, this is the one you're thinking about, where uh, Paul went to Athens and he saw all the different false gods and walked around and Uh his spirit was stirred. Uh And he gave a speech. And uh, in in the speech, he says... Uh, I see you are a very religious people. Uh, exactly. And I see that you have an altar to an unknown God. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm telling you that unknown God is the God who created the universe and the breath in your very lungs. Exactly. Boom! Oh! If I pass by and behold your devotions and I've found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. Neither is he worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he gives all life and breath. And he made of one blood all nations. Mm-hmm. What? One blood. <laughs> one blood all nations of men to dwell on the face of the earth. And has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from any one of us. For in him we live and we move and we have our being. As certain of your own poets, he's talking to the people in Athens, Mm -hmm. their own poets have said, for we are his offspring. For as much as then for as much then as we are his offspring, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or to silver or to stone graven by art and of man's device. And here's the part uh, other part I want to get to. And the times of these uh, at the time of this ignorance, 
God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has ordained, whereof he has given assurance unto all men in that he has raised him from the dead. Yep. Who is she talking about that? <laughs> and I feel like when you said God doesn't need anything from human hands, I feel like that's a common misconception in the world as well, as well, where God, where people think that God needs us. He doesn't need us. No, he no. does not need us at all. No. He wants us. Yeah. He wants, like, we need him. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need anything besides yeah. himself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's very good to understand and to humble yourself to understand that God does not need us. No, he doesn't need us. He doesn't need anything that we do. Mm-hmm. You know, again, we're, uh, you mentioned earlier today that, you know, we're like children. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we draw a, uh, if, if a child draws a, little picture trying to please the father and gives it to him the father is pleased at the effort not so much at the quality of the drawing mm-hmm. he's pleased with the action and the father and mm-hmm. the love shown by the child and it's not so much what the child has to offer it's just the fact that the child care and the respect given the wants to offer mm-hmm. and because the father already loves the child he's like oh i appreciate the effort i love you but i don't love you because of the picture i love you because you're my child mm-hmm. so yeah. that is a big factor that christianity i'm gonna say it like every episode christianity has that factor pretty much over every religion god already loves you but if you're not doing right He's got to punish you just like a parent punishes their child if they don't do right. Yeah. Yeah. So either turn from it or don't because like you can't go both ways. And obviously you can't do it by yourself. And the best part about it is you don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. And to stick with the parent analogy, if you're if your parent tells you to clean your room, you know. If the parent is rich and the parent says, clean this room, I mean, there's a lot of ways that the parent could get that room clean. The parent could pay somebody to clean the room. But if the parent asks the child to clean the room, it's not for the parent's benefit. The parent's not living in that room. <laughs> if there's flies and, and roaches and all the rest running around in the room, that's, you know, that's on the kid. If mm-hmm. there's mildew growing out of cups and saucers uh, and whatnot, uh. who is that hurting? It's going to hurt the kid in the room. Mm-hmm. And the kid not having good uh, hygiene. Good hygiene is not good for the kid. Mm-hmm. If the if the kid cleans the room and calls the parent in and says, "Hey, look, I clean my room," you know, the parent is happy that mm-hmm. the kid has cleaned the room for two reasons. One. He listened, but two, now the kids got a nice place to mm-hmm. to dwell. That's mm-hmm. that's their that's their place. Mm-hmm. They like want cleaning out the gunk in your head. Yeah, yeah, clean. That's yours. You know, you you're here. I want you to 
enjoy your stay. I want your stay to be as pleasant as possible. Mm-hmm. If you like listen, a hotel room. Yeah, if you listen to what I say, your stay will be more pleasant. Mm-hmm. Well, it's likely to be more pleasant. Mm-hmm. This is the way I want you to do it. This is the way I created you to be. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to do it that way, if you want to live in a nasty room, yeah, God will allow that. If you if you want a nice, clean, pristine, pearly white teeth room, I mean, you could listen to God. And I was going to say something else about the. You can listen to God and you can go ahead and and if you need help, God will help you. Mm -hmm. How do I clean this room? I don't know what to do. He gives you the instructions. He gives you the instructions. Mm -hmm. He gives you the instructions. And also give you some bleach. <laughs> bleach. And this also ties into the thing I talked about last time with Grace, who is also doing a podcast back at the back at the college. So you can listen to that too. So she after we were cut off because I didn't notice that it was 30 minutes past, uh, we ended up talking about how you can be the richest person in the world and still feel empty inside because you have not followed God's commands and trusted in him as your savior. And there's actually like a suicide epidemic where the richest people are committing, are just killing themselves because they say there's no point to this. Is this all there is? So that is a big problem that I don't feel like people talk about enough and like this culture is propagating material 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 but that's not what's going to get you and that's not just going to fill you up because like a lot of the things that we try and fill it up with it might work temporarily but the point is the main word in that sentence is temporary yeah it's temporary and it's not all that there is because I mean, mm-hmm. there is a spirit man it's not just material mm-hmm. and it, and jesus said Man shall not live on bread alone. But by every word received from the mouth of God. Mm-hmm. And the book of Ecclesiastes. Oh, yeah, that's, like, that's an existential crisis basically book. Basically deals with exactly what you're talking about. Because you've got Solomon, who was the richest person in the world. And the wisest. And the wisest. And he had, he had everything. Literally he, he, everything. He had money. He had women's. Women's. He had food. Houses. He had servants. He had a kingdom. He was the king. He had, in a during a peacetime, he had everything, and he understood, or grew to understand that all of those things. did leave him empty and they were not the final uh, they were not what man ultimately needed he needed God Mm -hmm. he needed something to fill his soul and needed to obey God Mm -hmm. and the, the saying that's used a lot in that book everything is meaningless under the sun right and that is true I mean, sometimes I think about, sometimes when I think about it from an atheistic perspective, 
I'm just like, oh my gosh, if I was an atheist, I'd be so depressed all the time. And I would just try and wave it off by watching TV and that wouldn't help. Before I, before I got saved, I did exactly that, just wave it off, not by watching TV, but, you know, I thought about my goals. I remember one, one day specifically when I was in college, I was sitting in, I mean, it was a crummy apartment. <laughs> and I had a, in, a, in a crummy, literally it was, my bedroom was a pantry, was a former pantry. Wow. So it was not very big, just had like this big twin bed in there. And a lamp, but uh, I'm sitting there thinking about the future, thinking about my goals. It's like, well, I'll do this and I'll do that, and I'll do this. Then in my career, I'll be at this point, and at that point, I'll be able to do this. And then, you know, and I just worked it out all the way to the end. And then it's like, and, I die. And then I die. And I was like, okay. So, what was that all about? And I literally said to myself, well, I'll think about that later. <laughs> <laughs> and I went back to the part that I thought was like the fun part of getting to all the, all the goals that I had, all the career goals that I had, things mm-hmm. along that line. And, and, but literally, I mean, it was like my heart sunk when I got there. You know, like I said, I wasn't a believer at that point. What but it still scared you. Wouldn't, wouldn't even think about it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like, you know, my heart sunk. I was mm-hmm. like, ugh. And that's it. <laughs> it's like, and that's it. But, mm-hmm. you know, but that's what people without the Lord uh, have to look forward to if they don't. Well, that's what they think. It's just the end. But sadly, it's not even the end. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the argument of, like, some people, I feel like some atheists don't believe in eternity. And I can well, show no, you eternity. Well, well, they don't. Yeah, like, they, they, if they don't believe in eternity, like, well, there's a theory that the universe has been you, here forever. You mean the afterlife? Yeah, that too, but like also the concept of t- eternity. Because, like, well, uh, they, you know, I'm sure they, they believe eternity and eternity, you know, because that's just time just going on. But go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, but, like, one way to prove eternity is that like looking at graves, the people that died, they just had this little line in between uh, two dates and they're still dead. George Bush Sr. is still dead. Abraham Lincoln is still dead. George Washington is still dead. Now, according to major world religions, including the Bible, death is not the end. And you have something to look forward to if you follow God's law and accept it into your heart, it's not it's not hard. You don't have to do anything. That's the best part about just Christianity. Believe. Like it's like don't worry, just have faith and believe. God will clean you up. Like it's like you've been rolling around in a pigsty and then your dad gets you out of the pigsty and says, Okay, I'm cleaning you up for your wedding day now. And he puts you and he gives you like a nice bath and gives you a nice suit and then you look like you were never in the mud. Yeah, back in the father's house. Mm-hmm. So yeah. prodigal son analogy. <laughs> yeah, back in the father's house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, we went off topic a lot, but we talked about some good stuff. Right. So, 
Thank you for listening. This is Don't Apologize for Apologize Home Edition. You can listen to it on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Overcast, and almost anywhere you can listen to a podcast. And again, this was my dad. Thank you for being on. No problem. No worries. And you all have a blessed day. And don't forget to also look into the Bible yourself. We encourage you to read it yourself. Please do. Mm-hmm. Because... We might have said something wrong. Please check. You know, there's a course in the Bible where the Bereans looked at the Bible to see if the things that Paul said were so. Please do the same. Mm-hmm. Check the scripture to see if what we say is correct. Mm-hmm. You know, do your own research, and God's word will not come back to him empty. See what you find. Amen. All right. Have a blessed day and...